0: Welcome to another episode of Think Arctic, a podcast powered by GCI that tackles the biggest issues facing the Arctic and its stakeholders. Thank you for joining us. I'm your host, Holly Noland. In this episode, we speak with Tina Pigeon, Senior Vice President of Governmental Affairs for GCI. Tina, thanks for joining us. Let's start by talking about your role and interest in the Arctic.
1: Sure. So, within GCI, one of my areas of responsibility has to do with policy and advocacy. And going back a couple of years ago, when the buzz continued to grow in Alaska about the Arctic and Arctic policy, and it was really on the front end of the United States coming in and becoming the chair of the Arctic Council. I looked around at what we were doing in Alaska and what we've been doing for 40 years and said, wait a minute, we're not just doing this in Alaska, we're doing it in the Arctic. And it was then that I I determined that GCI had something to offer in terms of the discussion of advancing infrastructure capabilities and really being on the leading edge of what it means to serve the Arctic.
0: What do you think are some of the biggest challenges in the Arctic right now?
1: In my in my experience the challenge is really lies with seeing the opportunity that's there and knowing that we're not we haven't gotten all the way towards being able to meet those expectations and fulfill that oppor- opportunity and the gap between where we are and where the opportunities lie I think is a difficult one to be in but at the same time I think that there are plenty of steps that can and are being taken to help fill that gap and provide opportunities to the people of the Arctic, so that so that the residents, including myself, can thrive, experience economic alter economic opportunities, and really have all there is to offer in terms of what modern infrastructure can provide. But to be able to do that without sacrificing culture, the environment and the place that people live and love.
0: For those who aren't familiar, can you talk about the challenges of building
1: infrastructure in the Arctic? It's such a challenging place. I mean things that would be um, just looking at telecommunications infrastructure. We have for example, a short construction season. Usually, you can plan and build and put in infrastructure any time of the year, especially when somebody looks at it from a lower 48 or contiguous United States perspective. Often, we only have a several-month construction cycle, construction season to plan for, so that makes planning and logistics difficult. If we miss a window like that, it could mean a significant delay for moving ahead on projects, so that's a challenge. Um There's typically, in a number of uh, locations and communities, once you get out of the urban footprint, low populations. There's a lot of distance between communities. Those are all atypical situations, especially when you look at any kinds of infrastructure, but certainly communications infrastructure. And how we overcome those challenges really involves a lot of innovation and ingenuity.
0: Let's talk about broadband. Why is broadband so critical in Arctic communities?
1: Broadband is really the roads of the future. There are so many ways that broadband can be used to efficiently and effectively improve people's lives. Um, education. You can have access to experts. Some of the schools are able to use broadband to take their kids on, on virtual museum tours to places that they've never seen before. Um, so just access to information. In the area of health care, um, in, in locations, villages, communities that don't have doctors, a single doctor at all, their community health aides can have access to expert health care and consultation, which helps improve outcomes and lower the costs of treatment. Um, Small businesses using applications can use modern supply chain management, logistics management, improve their operations. Um, I mean, even access to Amazon in in a place that doesn't have stores that many of us take for granted, options that many of us find, you know, with just going down to the neighborhood store. Residents of the Arctic want to, you know, just point and click and buy what they're interested in buying just like the rest of us do. Um, And it's really just, you know, connectivity, connectivity among families, friends with information and content. The needs, the needs that it fill, I think, are even more basic than in many communities. Um, And every bit as desirable as anybody walking today, you know, even people walking past me looking at their looking at their cell phones, have access to information. People in the Arctic are no different. They want the same thing and the benefits are, are even more basic than what we experience in urban communities day to day.
0: What kind of progress have you seen in the Arctic and, and what do you see as the way forward?
1: I'll I'll address that question, Holly, from a broadband perspective, that's really um, the way that I've experienced it. Um, there has been tremendous progress over the last seven or eight years, um, there are communities, over 80 communities that today have access to a comparable broadband to what you could get in urban areas that didn't have it eight years ago. Um, there are programs, plans, attention in place where we can continue to see an evolution. There is a um, There are new technologies that I think will help us fill that gap. There's a lot of, lot of excitement around a uh, uh, satellite network technology called low-Earth orbit satellites. And these are literally thousands of satellites that would circle the Earth. And one of the challenges in serving the Arctic is it's a low-population area that's difficult and costly to serve. But when we look at projects that view the demand as a world demand as opposed to a specific region or a specific community, the opportunity to benefit and to really drive broadband capabilities forward for all of the Arctic as opposed to individual communities, I think there's real opportunity there. So on the one hand, recognizing that for people from whom whom those benefits haven't reached, that doesn't sound very promising it's very it's it's very discouraging people want the service they want it now and 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 that's so understandable but i do think over the next several years there's the opportunity for huge advancements with the combination of innovation ingenuity and really continued attention Um, to this issue and really how can we drive the services as deeply into the Arctic as possible with the best available services we possibly can. Thank you, Tina, and thank
0: you listeners for joining us for another episode of Think Arctic. You can find our bi-weekly podcast on iTunes, SoundCloud, and Spreaker. Until next time.